Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 968. I needed to walk the walk, or so to speak, and in the automotive world in order to be taken seriously. So after every single interview or whenever I received uh, you know, a uh, letter in the mail saying that I was not selected as a candidate, I would always follow up and ask for constructive feedback as to why... This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jose Martinez. Hey, Jose, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. Let's go. All right. Jose Martinez is an engineer at Mazda's North American Operations in Irvine, California. He is a Southern California native and a perpetual tinkerer who earned a degree from the University of California, Irvine in mechanical engineering. He got to start working with carbon fiber composites for the aerospace industry and moved to building concept cars. And today, he's living his dream, developing parts for Mazda vehicles. So, Jose, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure. Thanks for having me, Mark. As you mentioned briefly, I I, uh, started my professional career in 2003 as an engineer for a local aerospace company called Canyon Composites here in Anaheim. There I I learned to do carbon fiber composite parts and uh, design tooling for those parts used uh, mainly in uh, satellite uh, and telecommunications applications. You know, one of my favorite projects from that job was building parts for the New Horizons space probe that flew past Pluto. I think it was in 2014. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of cool to have, you know, some parts that are floating out in space somewhere. I know. Uh, that's really cool. <laughs> after that, uh, eventually, I, I ended up getting my foot in the door in the automotive industry at, uh, through Snugtop, the local company here in Long Beach that does camper shells for, for trucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, tonneau covers. So spent a few years with them doing camper shells and doing kind of uh, advanced R&D for uh, some of their uh, uh future products that they were looking into. Shortly after that, I had a brief stint at SpaceX, uh, building back in aerospace, building the first set of solar panels that they launched into orbit with their uh, their Dragon space capsule. Oh, wow. And uh, eventually, I was able to work my way back to automotive again at a place called Metal Crafters that does concept cars. So there I was, I was able to uh, basically take 3D models from... Uh, automotive designers and turn turn them into manufacturer manufacturable 3D printed or carbon fiber parts that ended up going on on uh, show cars. I was only there for a short time, but I got to work on a whole bunch of uh, different cars. Um, I'm not sure if you recall the Cadillac CL concept. Oh that I think, yes, yes. I think I showed up at Pebble Beach. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I saw that car. It's beautiful. So um, I got to work on a I, I think one piece on that car, and then there was a. Um, uh, just recently, the Mercedes Energy Force uh, concept car, which is kind of a, a next generation G wagon type of concept, mm-hmm. a very big burly four by four that made the rounds uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a few years ago in the um, auto shows, and uh, worked on a few concepts that ended up cre- uh, turning into the 
Chrysler 200, the Jeep Cherokee, the Nissan Murano, all current generation vehicles, and the Nissan NV200, New York City Taxi of Tomorrow. Ah, cool. Yeah, I got to do a lot of a lot of cool stuff there with them. And in 2012, I was eventually hired by Mazda North American Operations here uh, in, in Irvine as a accessory development engineer, and I've been there uh, ever since. Wow. Well, you've gotten your hands in a lot of very cool things, everything from flying around in outer space to cars of the future and now cars that people get to actually enjoy and drive from Mazda. So very, very interesting. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has meaning for you. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning. Here on Cars Yeah, so Jose, take the wheel. So for me, one thing that has always stayed with me is that I, I keep telling myself to play the long game uh, with goals and celebrate every step forward you take, no matter how small it is. Mm. And I think that has allowed me to not be afraid of setting long-term goals um, and, you know, uh, and be realistic about how long they take to achieve. But, you know, every single s- small step forward that I make towards that goal um, I, I cherish it because as long as you make, as long as you're taking steps forward, then you, I know that you will get there eventually. And uh, this has been applicable for me and and everything from my my career to working on project cars to you know running a marathon or anything. So right, you know I love that concept because a lot of the times those of us who are driven that are really motivated, who are tenacious and work really hard, we forget to stop. And kind of go, wow, I got there. Because we're always bumping that bar ahead. We're always moving things way ahead. And I'm guilty of the same things. And sometimes I need to stop. My wife's so great about reminding me. says, wow, you've been trying to get that guest on your show for two years. You got him. Let's celebrate. I'm like, I'm already thinking about the next 10. I don't have time to celebrate. But it's really important to stop because I think there's a, a mental thing that happens in your brain that goes, okay, success, then keep working hard because you can get there. You can do whatever you want. So I'm glad you reminded me that, Jose. I'm going to I'm gonna put a little note on my computer that says, think about Jose next time I meet one of those, good, those milestones so I can stop and breathe a little bit. I appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? I, I think the the car obsession for me came kind of came uh, organically, and by, by that I mean I didn't I was not really around any car people growing up. Uh, however, my dad is a a machinist by trade. Even to this day, he still works as a machinist. And um, when I was when I was young, my mom and I would visit him at, at work often. Just watching him make things on a on a mill and a lathe made me appreciate mechanical things at a very early age. Mm. And you know, I, I I grew up being very comfortable in the shop environment with the smells and the sounds. And I think after that, I soon gained an appreciation for all all sorts of mechanical things, whether cars, airplanes, spacecraft, computers, uh, whatever. And I think that specifically, I learned about cars by going to my local public library since uh you know those were the pre-internet days mm-hmm. that was kind of my my window into the outside world i guess soon after that I, I i discovered car magazines at the grocery store bookstores and newsstands and i i think this is where i first learned about 
European and and Japanese cars, concept cars, and supercars. And when when I discovered that, it just it just blew my mind as a as a kid. I think concept cars in the '80s and '90s were especially you know far out as a from a styling standpoint. So as as a, as a young kid, seeing all these very all these crazy shapes on a vehicle uh, was just was just absolutely in, incredible to me. No doubt, especially a lot of those magazines, you know, spent a lot of time covering cars like you know all the supercars like the Ferrari F40, the Porsche 959, uh, Jaguar XJ220. So all of those were very they got burned into my brain and just and became you know my 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 favorites as a kid. You're and right. <laughs> there, there was one one particular uh, magazine that. I think uh, just did it for me, and that was the uh, uh, Road and Tracks Exotic Cars Quarterly, mm-hmm. which I think ran for maybe a couple of years. But um, I was able to buy an issue. I think I convinced my dad to buy me an issue, even though it was like five dollars at the time, which was kind of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It, it was such a high quality magazine that covered so many amazing cars that that I, I just I just fell in love <laughs> at, at that point. Easy to do for sure. Yeah. Well. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've chosen a career path that no doubt is fraught with a lot of challenges. I mean, you're going to be a design engineer and create things out of virtually nothing. Certainly, there are failures along the way in addition to these challenges. So pick one. Talk to us about it. Tell us what it was all about. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Well, the the major, I think the, the one major failure that sticks out in my brain was uh, when I graduated from college in uh, mechanical with a, my mechanical engineering degree in hand, I thought, all right, you know, I'm going to go get a job doing automotive work right off the bat and boom, everything will be fantastic after that. But, um, you know, I, I had a blank resume, I had a few, few items on there, but they were not exactly automotive related. So I interviewed with as many local automotive companies as I could. And I was rejected by the majority of them first. So I think I was uh, rejected by uh, some well-known companies that make uh, suspensions, pistons, and a, a particular one that does performance turbo diesel components here in the area. A couple of OE manufacturers and even one RC cars uh, manufacturer. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, uh, <laughs> the the most notable one was um, there was a very known, very well-known brake performance brakes uh, manufacturer that um, over the course of several years, I interviewed three times with them, and all three times they they turned me down. Mm. I think what uh, I learned from that very early on, and and uh, you know after a few rejections, was that I needed to walk the walk, or so to speak, and in the automotive world, in order to be taken seriously. So after every single interview, or whenever I received uh, you know a, a letter in the mail saying that I was not selected as a candidate, I would always follow up and ask for constructive feedback as to why, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'd like to know why I wasn't selected so that if I apply in the future, you know, I can be better prepared or, or that kind of thing. Sure. And and uh, one of those companies, the uh, piston manufacturer, told me very, very clearly, and this, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, they told me very clearly that they had employees that went racing every weekend, held land speed records, and built engines for fun. So they expected a similar kind of person for, mm. uh, for, for that for the job that I was applying for. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point I um, I I had I knew that I had to 
not only look good on paper as far as being an engineer with the technical skills that come associated with that, but also show that that I had a, a, a passion for, for automobiles in, in particular. Mm. Yeah. So I ended up uh, delving more and more into my the project vehicles that um, that I, I've, I've always had and eventually started auto, autocrossing a, a Mazda Speed 3 that I had at the time. And I think that kind of, uh, when, when I started listing those types of activities in, on my resume in the, uh, uh, you know, extracurricular activity section, I think that started to grab more people's attention as to, oh, you know, this guy, he, he's, he's a, seems like a good engineer, but he is, he's also into cars like, like he says right, he is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I think it was really wise of you to ask that follow-up question. And a lot of companies these days are very reluctant to say anything to a candidate because they're all afraid of being sued by somebody. And so they uh, usually won't even respond. So kudos to that company for giving you that very constructive feedback. And I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people for companies I've worked for in the past. And I am always surprised how few people follow up like that. You just kind of wonder, don't you think they want to know <laughs> why we we passed on them? But I sure. get it sometimes. And sometimes people are afraid to ask for constructive criticism because they don't want to hear it. So kudos to you for wanting to hear it and making a change, a pivot, and making things work. That's great. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Now, you pivoted and moved in a lot of different areas of engineering, which I think is great, makes you very well-rounded. But is there one in particular that stands out for you, that one aha moment? For me, the aha moment was the realization after working in several areas of of industry that that I just – automotive was for me that I just I had to, to work on cars um, every day and uh, you know the the goal ever since I first graduated was to work in the automotive industry and and but like I, like like we mentioned earlier it was difficult for a young engineer with very little experience to go straight into it so I took what jobs I could I could get and I would think to myself okay this is not exactly what I wanted, but I'm very lucky to have a job and I'm going to learn as much as I can from this job, give it everything I have and see what happens and, uh, you know, keep applying for uh, automotive jobs in the, in the future. Sure. And what ended up happening at every one of those non-automotive jobs was that I did extremely well at them. I learned a lot, but I, I think every single time I would burn out after about a couple of years because the, the reward which was, you know, my, my completed project, whatever it is that I was working on at that time, didn't really satisfy me 100% when it was done. So, you know, I'd work 110%, and then when the project was finished, I never got that sense of, of fulfillment, and, and I think that, that ended up gradually uh, wearing me down. So, when I, uh, you know, I, I started with a couple of non-automotive jobs, went to the automotive job at Snugtop, had a bunch of fun there, then the economy tanked in 2007, and then I snug top started laying off a bunch of people, and I I returned to my safe zone of of, of aerospace to you know to keep working. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, while I was at SpaceX working probably harder than I ever have before, I kind of fell into the same I guess burnout phase, and all I could think about at that time was how much fun I had had at, at, at snug top, mm. and I think that was. I think at that moment is when I had told myself, I, I have to do automotive. There's no other option for me. Sure. And shortly after that is when I got a call from Metal Crafters for the, the concept car engineering job. 
And it was a very easy choice for me to make, even though everyone else I knew thought I was crazy for leaving SpaceX. They were like, oh, you work for Elon Musk. You work at SpaceX. You have it made. <laughs> right. What are you doing? But, uh, you know, it just, it, I, I knew exactly where my heart was at that point. Right. So I, I think that was the, the biggest aha moment for me career-wise. Yeah, very wise. Always, always best to go where your passion lies because you'll, you'll be happier every day in the long run. So I understand how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out you would share? For me, the, the biggest fulfillment I get is when I'm working on automotive products, they they go into production and then I see them out on the street. And then I, you know, I point them out to, you know, friends or, or family or whoever I'm around and I can say, that's my work rolling down the street right now. Cool. The biggest, I think the proudest moment for me was when at Mazda, uh, working on the accessories team, I, I am mainly in charge of doing uh, the roof rack systems for, for all of our vehicles. And those are, uh, you know, appear mainly on the on the SUVs. So when I was tasked with developing the roof rack for the CX, the current generation CX-9, mm-hmm. and uh, I was told that, uh, okay, you're, you're working on this accessory roof rack for the CX-9, which is our flagship vehicle. It's going, by the way, it's going to be standard on the top two trim levels Here's the launch date. Go. I worked harder than I had ever had on any of, of my, my previous programs and um, gave it everything I had. We launched the product on time. And the, the proudest moment for me was shortly after that when I started seeing new CX-9s down the road, literally daily. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them had my roof rack system on it. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be very heartwarming for sure. That was such an awesome feeling. And and even today, I I, I drive... I drive a, a, a CX-9 with a roof rack on it, so I can I can open the window, reach up, and touch, and touch. touch it. Yeah. How fun. Oh, well, kudos to you. Congratulations. That's really neat. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, the first time you got a vehicle that really had great meaning for you. What was that? I think the first special car for me was a 1971 Volkswagen bus that I used to own. This car actually belonged to an older gentleman in the neighborhood that I grew up in. This bus just became a part of the kind of landscape of, of where I grew up. I would see it drive down the street every single day with uh, the uh, the um, owner at the wheel. His name was his name was Pete, and an uh, older gentleman lived by himself. He uh, it, was, it was usually just him and his two dogs in in the bus. But I I would see it every single day from elementary school all the way through high school. And uh, one day in about, I think, 2003, I found out that uh, Pete had passed away. And shortly afterwards, I saw the bus parked outside with a for sale sign. Mm-hmm. So first thing I did was, you know, I rushed home and told my dad and said, hey, look, there's there's Pete's bus. We should go check it out. You know, how cool would it be to to buy it and, and, and you know, to own it? And, uh, you know, he gave me the OK and we ended up checking it out and we bought it and it, it was in. It was in fantastic condition because that was um, his daily driver. So I, I was excited because that was, I think, my first true project car mm-hmm. and was my first air-cooled, uh, air-cooled car. So I took care of it as best I could, fixed a lot of small things because uh, it was mainly in good shape. Uh, drove it around the neighborhood and and uh, went to a few VW meets. And it was, it was just, I think it was the first vehicle where I tasted kind of uh you know automotive culture yeah. where you know doing 
turning wrenches and meeting other people that also shared the same passion for the same types of cars. And, and, and yeah, that, that one especially sticks out in my heart. Eats bus. How cool is that? How about seller's yeah. remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? So it's actually the same car. <laughs> okay. That makes and, sense. Uh, yeah. I, I had some huge plans for that bus. When I purchased it, it, uh, I found out, you know, digging through, you know, decoding the VIN number and, and just, just, Go deep diving into everything about the car. I found out that it was actually a panel van from the from the factory. Cool. It had a couple of windows cut out. The I guess the the center windows, the one on the sliding door, on and on the other side. It looked like it had been turned into kind of a like a camper of sorts, sort of like the Westphalia mm-hmm. model, but not quite as as finished. I said to myself, okay, well, this thing was originally a panel van. It would be really cool to turn it back into a panel van. And not only that, but um, Paint it like uh, one of those old um, buses that Porsche used as track support vehicles oh, back in yeah, the yeah, yeah. I've stuff. seen some of those. They're cool. Yeah, and I, I even had a little a little die-cast model of, of a, a red a panel bus, same exact body style with the, the Porsche logos on it. And I thought, this is what I'm going to shoot for. However, I, I ended up selling it because I had gotten married. We had a, morg- a brand new mortgage. I was working long hours and, you know, trying to build up my career. And I, I didn't have any time for the car at, at that stage in my life. And I hated that it was just parked doing nothing. Yeah. So I, I ended up selling selling it to a mom who bought it for her 16-year-old kid as, a, as his first car. Hmm. I had kind of mixed feelings. I was On the one hand, I was excited that this was going to be this kid's new Probably first car, and uh, you know, just I'm sure it was going to have a very lasting impact on his automotive experiences. But at the same time, I was like, "Oh man, this is going to a 16 year old kid." <laughs> yeah, I hope so, he doesn't wreck it. Yeah, exactly. So when I saw the bus drive away, I I, I nearly cried. I was just like, yeah. "Oh man, I can't like what did I, what have I done?" Yep. And you know, it eventually kind of faded into the background, and I went about my my usual activities. And uh, fast forwarding to 2015, I was at uh, Cult 2 mm-hmm. looking at Porsches because I was I was at the time thinking I was I was saving for my very first Porsche. So I, I kind of went just to take pictures and, you know, have some ins- get some inspiration for how I wanted to fix up my my next project car. And I, I came across a red VW panel bus with the Porsche logos on it on the side. And I, I started taking photos of it, and I thought, man, this is this is really cool. This is exactly just like the the bus I wanted to to, to build. I'm sure you know, it's, you know, someone had the similar thought, and and that's exactly what they built. And as I started taking photos of it, I I thought that the license plate frame looked familiar. Then I started looking close. The I started looking closer. And I noticed that that I recognized the the muffler that was on it, the seats were the seats that I had reupholstered and the dash that I had repainted a, a particular way on my bus. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, whoa, this is my old bus. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I need to make sure. So I, I jumped on my phone and I, I dug for old bus photos that I happened to have on, um, I think it was on Photo Bucket. So I, I found an old photo which had the the plate number on it. And, and sure enough, it was the exact same plate number. That was, that was my old bus sitting in front of me, fixed up exactly the way I wanted to do it. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. It, it even had the same, <laughs> the same tires still on it. Wow. It blew my mind and I, I was, I was happy and, and shocked and, and relieved. I think most of all that it had survived and, and, and was, was still 
running and preserved. So I, um, I, I left the owner a, a business card with a note saying to contact me. Hey, I'm 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 the previous owner of the bus. Give me a call whenever you can. But I I never got a, a call back. Oh, bummer. However, I found out later on that um, I'm assuming the owner is uh, is a, a local here in in L.A. or Southern California somewhere because it makes the rounds at uh, different cars and coffees. Mm-hmm. I, I still plan on eventually um, tracking the owner down and uh, hopefully convincing him to you know let me buy the bus back. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed that that happens eventually. <laughs> well, that's cool. Running into an old friend like that—that's great. And of course, Look to Cult, put on by Patrick Long and friends. Patrick's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, I've not been able to get down to that event, but I sure want to try this year. Such a fantastic uh, Porsche event, and I'm a big time Porsche guy, as my listeners know. So hopefully, I will see you down there, and we can uh, talk about your bus down there and take a look at it. That'd be pretty darn cool. Well, I know uh, working for Mazda, a big company like this, there's a lot of things you cannot talk about, of course, because of what's coming in the future. But what are you working on now in your life that you can talk about that has you very excited and fired up? I think I can mention briefly that uh, at Mazda, currently we're we're being tasked with um, expanding the genuine accessories business more than it than it uh, than it currently is. So I'm, I'm I'm excited about that because we, you know, we have a certain uh, selection of accessories that uh, all of all of the engineers are in charge of. However, you know we all have our you know I wish I could work on this. I wish I could work on that type of items. So you know we're, we're hoping that this this new initiative lets us work on some some cooler stuff. Yeah. In uh, in the future. So absolutely. So that's uh, that's exciting. We'll see where that takes us. Um, outside of work, as I uh, mentioned briefly, briefly before, I when I was at Luft, Luftgekult, I was shopping for a a Porsche, and I ended up picking up a couple of years ago a 1983 911 SC. Cool. It, um, was kind of a, a very high mileage car. It has 200,000 miles on it, and was was pretty pretty rough, but had some good bones on it. So um, it's currently under a uh, full, uh, I guess, mechanical restoration. You can say. Cool. Uh, I'm wrapping up an engine rebuild and, you know, refreshing the uh, suspension brakes and everything so I can hopefully get it running this year. And um, I uh, I actually, I, I kind of plan on making that car my rolling test lab of, uh, of sorts. I, I want to be able to uh, develop parts for it and, uh, you know, depending on, on what I create, hopefully contribute with uh, something to the Porsche hobby in terms of uh, maybe parts that I can uh, develop and, and uh, you know put up for sale, or um, or at least just use the car as kind of a creative outlet and uh, you know experiment making parts for it. Yeah, very cool. I've got some ideas for some carbon fiber components and uh, some additional mechanical parts, such as engine, chassis, or suspension stuff. I have a few product ideas. In development, some Porsche related, some non Porsche related, but they're um, they're all kind of, um, I guess, top secret at the moment because uh, some of those may or may not be patentable. So um, uh, okay, cool. kind of, uh, so that's something that I'm working on in the background, and we'll we'll definitely be um, you know showing off as soon as I can. And I think to support all these side projects, I need to upgrade my uh, facilities, aka my my garage, to do a little more uh, sophisticated. Uh, welding machining and composite work so i'm excited to upgrade my shop space a little bit mm-hmm. and I, i'd like to also eventually 
build a website to document my my projects and hopefully offer some of these products for sale. And uh, I'm I'm working on some stuff with my my brother who is also a gearhead and uh, has a graphic designer uh, background who um, hopefully will help me work on the website and and some of our product designs. So uh, you know I've got my 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 Mazda stuff which is fun. And I've also got my my, my Porsche stuff, which uh, is kind of my uh, I guess creative outlet of sorts. So I'm 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 excited to be able to you know just have fun all day, both uh, uh, at work and and at home. Most definitely, sounds very cool. Here's a very introspective question for you, Jose. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jose be, and why? So I thought about this for a little bit, and uh, I I think I would be an old Volvo 240 station wagon. Oh, okay. And uh, the reason why is I think I share uh, some similar characteristics to the the Volvo 240 in that they're uh, they're understated, they're pretty humble, simple vehicles, uh, but they're very reliable. And um, m- myself, just like the Volvo, if you if you turn the key, you know it'll start up every single time, and it can go for many, many, many miles reliably. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now here's a strange coincidence. My guest yesterday. Rick Neville, who's known as Healy Rick, he's an Austin Healy guy. He said the exact same thing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Oh, go workhorse. Someone that's a reliable, which is a good thing. I think is a very good thing. Well, Jose, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? to design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Jose, we are back, and we're entering what I call the last lap, the lightning round. 
This is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think that would be that you get what you pay for, so don't skimp on car parts. Oh, yes. (laughs) I know from experience from working on cars and buying good parts and cheap parts, and also because I now develop them and I know what kind of engineering and testing goes into them. Yes. So Absolutely. Very important. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe contributed to your successes over the years? Yeah, I, I believe that you can learn something from anyone, so always keep an open mind. Hmm. In my career, I've met a lot of extremely intelligent people, uh, and I've received a lot of great advice from from everyone all the way up to you know the uh, um, administrative level, all the way down to uh, whoever's uh, you know sweeping the floor. You know, so you just keep an open mind. You never know when those nuggets of wisdom will will come in. Absolutely. How about a resource? There's tons of great resources these days. Is there one that you'd like to share? I have two favorite websites that uh, make up my my air cooled world. For air cooled Volkswagens, it's the Samba.com. Mm-hmm. And for air-cooled Porsches, it's pelicanparts.com. Yeah. And uh, I, I mentioned them because if you're if you're a DIY person and you enjoy wrenching and working on your own vehicles, I found these forums to be extremely friendly, extremely helpful, and and as and currently packed full of content. You could search for anything, any topic you want, and it's already been covered multiple times. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, Wayne Dempsey, who I think he's now sold a business, but uh, Pelican Parts CEO was a guest on the show. And I've used their forum for many things for Porsche, bought many parts from them. So uh, forums are absolutely awesome. If I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I think I would choose to have a drink with Gordon Murray. Mm, Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, being the uh, chief engineer of the McLaren F1 and designing a bunch of Formula One cars, including um, Senna's uh, McLaren MP44, I'd like to just sit down, pick his brain, and just ask him, how how do you do what you do? <laughs> yeah. That's- I can imagine the kind of stories he would tell. Oh, what a brain to pick. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed you think our listeners would would like to read as well? Yeah, um, along the same Pelican Parts vein, I'd like to recommend the How to Rebuild and Modify Porsche 911 Engines, mm, yeah. a book by Wayne Dempsey. Yep. And the, the reason why I really enjoy this book is because I think it, it, for me, it lifted the veil of mystery and complexity surrounding the engine of one of the most, one of the world's most important sports cars. So, you know, prior to reading the book, I, I just had this mystique of, oh my gosh, this, this, machine has to be absolutely complicated and impossible to work on but Wayne's book just makes it look so simple and I uh, I read it once cover to cover and thought man this is awesome I'd like to do this someday put it on my shelf and then a few years later I, I just decided to jump into it and I've I've been reading it again you know chapter by chapter as I've been putting my engine back together and it, it it's been dead on every single time yeah, so, yeah. Kudos to uh, Wayne for that book and what he's done. And what a sharp guy he is. Well, rem- I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Jose's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Jose Martinez, and that page will pop up with all these cool links. All right, we're up to the fun question here. As if they already haven't been fun along the way. I hope they have been. 
But this one could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any, that's right, any cool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter what it is, but you have to keep it. You have to drive it. You have to enjoy it. No garage queens and no reselling here on cars. Yeah. So what's it going to be? Okay. I'm going to pick the McLaren F1 GT. Oh, the GT. Okay. Yeah. Along with the, the long tail and the long nose. I just, I, I think it's just an absolutely gorgeous car and yeah. an engineering masterpiece. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're going to have fun with that. Yes. I, <laughs> I could rattle off a bunch of specs, but I think, I think, uh, you know, most of the listeners are probably very familiar with it. Uh, it's yeah. such a fantastic machine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, imagine the track days you could have with that. Well, Jose, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for calling in on a late Friday here to join me and the Cars Yow listeners. Did you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off in the sunset in that McLaren F1 GT? Yeah, one a uh, quote from very simple quote from one of my best friends, Tony Ariola, and it's just simply that hard work always pays off, always. Yeah. So absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about we- what you're doing and what's going on at Mazda? For Mazda, um, you can go to www.mazdausa.com. There's a very exciting things happening with our vehicles um as a you know as, as they move up market so definitely keep it keep an eye on the website for you know new new developments on our new vehicles and for me specifically i think the best resource at the moment is my instagram which is at joe engineer j-o-e underscore engineer and i i've also recently uh, reserved the url joeengineer.com so joe joe-engineer.com but um, at the moment I only have a single homepage on there but uh, I think as I wrap up my engine rebuild I'll, I'll post more details on, on on the rebuild maybe some tips and tricks on the the especially uh, difficult stuff and I'll, I'll post updates on any of the future projects that I work on very cool well listeners you can find all these links on Jose's show notes page at carsyad.com Check out what he's up to. Uh, Follow him along on Instagram. Check out Mazda and the many wonderful, spectacular vehicles that they're producing for us these days. It's all cool. Hey, Jose, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!